song. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading and checking us out this week. If you want us uh, to hear our thoughts about some Olympic topics, if you want to hear us talk about uh, crazy uh, movies, including uh, Japanese uh, animation movies and and uh, and Chinese movies and a whole lot more, you want to join us over on our pre-show. You can find out more about that at patreon.com slash major spoilers. So thank you everyone who's part of the uh, the Patreon, everybody who's doing those kinds of things. This week, it is a general chat for episode 936. And we've already been doing some general chatter, but I wanted to save this this first story or this first talking point for when we got into the Prime Show, because I'm sure it's going to cause some controversy as well. Space Jam, a new jam or whatever the the new Space Jam movie is. Has anybody had a chance to watch that one? I watched it, yeah. And and what did you think, Rodrigo? I've made my feelings pretty clear on my distaste for Space Jam and why this one was probably pointless to try to to do it. But uh, I'm curious what other people think. Yeah, so I I guess my my general take on it is that Space Jam appeals to the people that appeals to mainly people my generation, maybe younger, um, because it's like a super weird movie. Mm hmm. Where you 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 can't you don't know what is gonna happen until it becomes a sports movie at the end, right? Yeah, um, it's like from from moment to moment, you you have no idea what's gonna happen next. Um, it has a kicking '90s soundtrack, um, and it's actually kind of like the definitive take on the Looney Tunes. Like since then, um, there's been multiple Looney, Looney Tunes shows and stuff, and they're kind of going off of Space Jam's um representation of the looney tunes yeah so it i I think there's all that so when you look at the new space jam it does none of those things right it's uh it's very predictable um it's very product placementy um and you know just kind of it doesn't have that it doesn't have that unpredictable chaotic feeling that that space jam had so going in i wanted to like it but it's it's just kind of a pretty bland so-so movie kind of the, the whole way through. So uh, I'm not going to give too many spoilers because many people probably have already seen the Porky Pig rap or more importantly, the uh, redub that someone did of Porky Pig with a different mm. with a different rapper on top of that. I think what was that Eminem? I think uh, I forget uh, who they put on top of it. Uh, then there is also the the guest appearance by uh, Rick and Morty that I think a lot of people will mm-hmm. be talking about, uh, you know, and, and what does that mean and how could this happen? Uh, and then probably the most important thing is there's a major character who dies at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I refuse to watch this movie. I wasn't even going to bring it up at all to anyone in my household about it. But today the boys in a rare moment of, Hey, let's hang out and do something together decided they would sit down and watch a space jam, a new jam for our generation jam, uh, pump up the jam, whatever it is. And they watched that entire thing. And so I was just a little curious cause I kind of knew what uh, some of the problems were and what, uh, some of the big little bits were. And I said, did so what, like did you, it? what did you guys think of this? And the oldest was like, eh, 
it was just okay. And he goes, I really, they did some stuff in there that I thought was kind of dumb and didn't make any sense. And I was like, oh, just like that one character that dies? He goes, yeah. And they didn't even really explain that away very easily. Uh, and I was like, okay. And then I turned to the youngest, who's 10. You know, this is, should be right up his alley. And I was like, what did you think of Space Jam, a new jam? The jam for all time jam. And he's like, I didn't care for it. And I said, could I, could I quote you on the show? And he's like, no, you cannot quote me on the show. But I'm going to no, do it anyway man. because he doesn't listen to this show. Maybe someday when he's old and goes back and wants to listen to his, his dead dad talk to him from across the universe. Hello, son. I did quote you. I do love you very much. More but likely I, when he's 30 and but wants I, to show the therapist. But I wanna, want <laughs> you to understand that I love happened. you and I value your opinion and I think other people value your opinion. So don't, uh, don't put yourself down and uh, always look to the stars because I'm probably up there somewhere uh, rotating and burning in cold space. Uh, so I was just curious if anybody else had seen seen the Space Jam movie or if you had any intention of watching the Space Jam movie. Nobody. Uh, I will watch you know. it when it gets to cable. I mean, it's one of those films that I've never intentionally watched Space Jam, but I've seen it because it's been on, which is, you know, pretty I never, much how I Yeah, I just never thought the culture. first one was very good. I should have had that on my top five this week, but I don't. So there's a little spoiler for those of you waiting for top I, five. All I know is that they made the one joke that I wanted this movie to make where they went looking for Michael Jordan and yeah. found the human Michael, torch instead. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. But that's also kind of, isn't movie. that all, isn't that also kind of weird Rodrigo where they're kind of like, eh, it's been 25 years and it's kind of like, Oh man, for anybody who's seen they, this week's episode of Rick and Morty, that seems kind of, uh, Hmm. They've, they, they do a lot of like Space Jam specific jokes and they're not always, you know, it's like, oh, we've already done this kind of jokes. Um, some of them land and some of them don't, you know, it's, you know, uh, uh, we like I was watching it with my wife and after like after the Space Jam starts to happen. Uh, there's lots of funny stuff, just like funny physical humor stuff that, you know, what you want out of the Looney Tunes. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of like little funny moments. It's like, actually, it's pretty funny, but you have to get through, you know, kind of a half hour of setup with LeBron James family before you can get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley, did you do Comic-Con at home this year? No. Were you at all interested in Comic-Con at home this year? Because I think your no. your one-word answer right there pretty much sums up my interest in this as well. Uh, I did I did a panel event uh, for a brand that I'm a really big fan of that a lot of really cool ladies I like work for. Uh, and then I saw some stuff on Twitter. The Titans trailer came out before Comic-Con started. Oh, and yeah, I yeah. said, that's all I need. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, any big surprises in the Eisner Awards? Anybody take a look at that list? I think I mean, Tom Gene, King not walking away with one, maybe <laughs> uh, Gene uh, Yang won like three of them. Uh, I believe yeah. two of them well, for well, Superman for smashes Superman. the clam clam. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. And I don't know what his third one was. I'd have to go back and look at dragon that. hoops. One best team. Nice. I'd have to go back and look at the complete list to see what was uh, going on. Uh, so not many people interested in that. I'm sure some of our listeners are, but if you are go, go ahead and, and share your thoughts there in the, uh, <laughs> In the Discord, we're more than happy to to listen to it. I also solicited some questions 
uh, from from fans uh, throughout the day today. Joshua said uh, front runners for Johnny Cage in the next Mortal Kombat live action and why it's clearly The Miz. I don't know who The Miz is. Um, but the you Miz guys... is a WWE wrestler. Uh, used oh, to be okay. on the real world. Oh, okay. I'm. I mean, The Miz does have that. It, he he does have like the obnoxious side of Johnny Cage, definitely. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's a little old. Miz is in his early forties, and Cage is like twenty eight to me. Yeah, definitely. When uh, at this point in the movies, right? If they're gonna make a sequel to the Mortal Kombat movie that just came out, they need a pretty young Johnny Cage. So they should probably cast uh, somebody who is in that. Uh, um, Ansel Elgort. Yeah, they should. Or, um, they should cast uh, the one of the kids from old, and as they age rapidly, they can just go in and do the movie <laughs> did you watch old too I, I take it no i i didn't i didn't i didn't go see it uh we i've just been hearing a lot of stuff online it. about it was that also a was that also a um theatrical only or was it also online i it's theatrical so. only at least yeah. for now there's no interesting to it i i looked widget and i both wanted to watch it this weekend you know what i found Could really uh uh surprising was that yes we had um we had the blue or not the blue red widow the black widow um simultaneous release on Disney Plus and in theaters but they are moving the release date for the physical uh Blu-ray and DVDs to August 10th like way outside that quote unquote agreed upon 45 day window of, of when these things are going to happen. I thought that was rather surprising when everyone's like, Oh no, 45 day window will be honored. I'm not sure 45 day window is going to be honored, um, with the theaters. They may have a kind of a tangential agreement, but as we were talking about in the pre-show with uh, snake eyes and why it did poorly and everyone going, well, I thought you were going to release it on your paramount plus network and you didn't, uh, that, uh, I think we're going to see some of these movies say, let's get it. Let's, let's get it out to, to home theater or to, um, home rentals and to DVDs. As soon as we can. Also, it may be also part of the fact that second week of that movie did not perform well. Get your get your Harry Styles in there as your uh, Johnny Cage. Can he do an American accent? I mean, I uh, one thing I have noticed is that most English actors, save for uh, Jason Statham, can do a pretty convincing uh, American accent. But most Americans cannot do a, a convincing English accent. Well, that's because, you know, they probably get a lot of American media, so it's easy to Mm -hmm. base it on something else. I watched, uh, what was the Jet Li, the one movie, and I forgot that it Mm -hmm. had Jason Statham in it. And man, he mangles trying to do an American accent. Like just, it's, he starts out doing that and then he just is like, nope, I'm going to stop. I just, my, my favorite one is still, um, the lady from Fringe. Um, who, and, and it Anna really, Tor? it's, I'm sorry. Anna Tor? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I'm sure it's gotten better since then, but, um, <laughs> you know, just having to do it over and over again through a whole series. Like there are just moments where it just like breaks down completely. Like she starts out with an American accent and then 
I don't think she goes for her own accent. It just kind of goes somewhere else entirely. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can imagine it's hard because the guy who plays Walter. Yeah. I want to say is Australian. So is Anna Torv. Either she's Australian and they're both they're both British. Australian. Okay. Because they had dueling accents, and it's one of those things where if you listen really close, the drifting happens more uh, with him. It's kind of like when you watch those early episodes of Buffy, you see James Marsters all over the place as Spike, and then he starts being in scenes with Anthony Stewart Head, and you feel his accent sort of moving closer to Anthony Stewart Head's as the yeah. show goes on. Uh, what's his name? Hugh Laurie said that if he if he he can stay with the house accent pretty easily, but if he hears a British person, it just like falls apart. And that yeah. they got like a British cameraman for a while, so like he wasn't allowed to talk while uh, Hugh Laurie was on set because <laughs> his accent would drift. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, Michael Booker asked a question a couple of years ago. Matthew predicted on the Geek History Listen uh, podcast that we would get a Howard the Duck film by 2020. Does Matthew still think that that's going to happen? Uh, when does the Howard the Duck cartoon come out? Isn't it supposed to be out in the uh, next few months? Oh, there's, he specifically said you predicted a movie. I did. We were talking about, I want to say we were talking about uh, Howard appearing in Guardians of the Galaxy or something. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. And how I said yeah. that the movie has great cachet because... Everybody remembers it and everybody talks about it, but nobody actually saw it. So nobody remembers it being bad. The they Howard the Duck movie? Howard I think it's Duck. actually, I think, isn't it today that that movie is 35 years old? Probably. It's think, pretty close. Or, I, or I've 40, been seeing a lot like of stuff about it, so I'm, I'm sure that it is. August of 86, something like that. But yeah, yeah August I mean, 1st Castle in the Sky and The Great Mouse Detective. Oh yeah, Great Mouse Detective. That is a, that is an underrated Disney animated film. That is a movie. I love that movie. I do too. When it came out, I watched it nonstop all the time. You want to see what Vincent Price would have been like as a gay man? That is the movie, <laughs> my friends. So, Michael, I'm gonna I'm going to uh, say this and maybe give uh, Matthew a little bit of credit. I'm pretty sure that there is a Howard the Duck uh, element that's coming up in the um, the What If series. Yeah, so that's if, actually yeah. coming out in 2020. But a Howard the Duck right, film yeah. in 2020. No, I don't think that's going to happen considering that it's 2021. When you also have to remember that it's not actually 2021. It's March of 2019. Uh, The universe has been on hold in the last two years. Don't count. Oh man, don't, don't, uh, don't, please do not give any fuel to the fire of the conspiracy theorists. Please, 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 please do not do that because, oh, you're, you don't think so right now. You don't think so right now, but I guarantee you go do a search on middle ages never happened. And there is a huge, long discussion of conspiracy theorists who are like, well, because they changed the calendar and all these other things that happened, there's no way that the dark ages or the middle ages ever happened. So therefore, and it's just like, what are you people talking about? You're all idiots. So please do not give any fuel to the fire where someone is going to, especially some big dumbass who's going to say, eh, the uh, 2020 never happened. So therefore the election never happened. So therefore I'm your president still, please do not give any fuel to that stupid ass fire. Please <laughs> do not give cutting any growth or development or positive things that did happen in this time. And you're relegating all of this to like a negative space. And that's not yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, honey, don't make it real. It was a fucking joke. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is the people that, that buy Look, into those in conspiracy theories, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, the people that buy into the conspiracy theories, 
they don't understand the difference between a joke and a sarcasm and somebody being dead serious to them. Sure. It's all dead serious. And that is, well, that's somewhat you know, when scary. I'm making a joke, I make this face. Yeah. And everyone oh, can see that face. Right. Yes. I'm yeah, sure it's see? very clear. Uh, somebody totally asked hear that. And I forgot who, who asked this. So sorry, it might be Michael. It might be somebody else. Maybe Fabian. It might be, uh, just a pop. Sounds like a Michael T question. Uh, favorite geek painters, artists working on canvas. And, when you say geek painters, um, I, I, I would say Francesco Francavia is probably my favorite, but, but I know that, you know, that he still works on traditional media, but I don't know if you guys have any favorite geek painters. Um, I think there's your answer person who asked the question. <laughs> I, like, does Bob I mean, Ross count? <laughs> I mean, Bob Ross I, definitely I, does. Oh man. My family got me a Bob Ross, uh, beginners set. For Father's Day, and I'm going to crack that That's, thing open this weekend. I have used one of those; they are awesome. Yeah. Oh no, I de- I know that th- I know they are because I've looked at them. Like, oh no, this is legit art supply stuff. Uh, so it, it'll be fun to see if I can mimic a, a Bob Ross uh, this weekend. I don't. I don't feel like I know enough about art to even you know blather about it. I feel like it's one of those things where I'd like to, but if you say who's my favorite painter, it's my kid. Um, they actually. Oh. I'm not kidding. They won an award. Uh, if you come to the city and you go to the local, um, it's this brand new outdoor theater thing. You're going to see my kids, big rubbery head and their art, uh, as one of the chosen finalists. I want to say top three finalists for some sort of statewide competition. thing. Cool. Um, it was actually a batik, but it was something that they painted on batik and then did the whole thing. It was really yeah. neat. Maybe Lynn Peralta um, might be one that I would put on the list. Isn't that the main character of Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I don't know. (laughs) I don't watch that show. Okay. Rodrigo, do you have a favorite geek painter? Who's the artist on uh, Grass Kings? Oh. Oh, um, It's like Jenkins and Kind. mm -hmm. Kind's the writer, right? Matt Jenkins. Yeah, something like that. Tyler Jenkins. Um, one of the, one of the volumes that yeah, he's of Grass Kings yeah. had yeah. a, um, cause he does all the water on the, on the back of the volume. It had like pictures of the actual canvases that mm-hmm. were used for it. And they're like huge. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Like, so I, I always thought that was very cool. You know, Grass Kings, it's cool. It's a cool series. Um, but I, I always thought it was really interesting to, to see the, that process. Uh, let's see. Uh, also Michael. Shame on us for forgetting Dustin Wynn. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dustin yeah. Wynn. Yeah, so probably a top five uh, favorite uh, paintings probably would not be a good topic, huh? Well, I could do well paintings, paintings. Like, can we put a Mark Rothko in there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. My, so I can tell you right now, my top five uh, from most to least popular is Christina's World, which I kind of tweeted about today because I was. Sitting in the in the hospital just with nothing to do. And I was like, oh, yeah, I started thinking about Christina's world again. And then Nighthawks would be my number two. And then um, number three would probably be a Jackson Pollock uh, painting. Um, And then number four would be. uh, Oh, now it slipped my mind. Uh, Number. uh, Well, I'll put number four is Rembrandt's The Night's Watch, which I think is just fantastic especially the cleaned up version where they pulled off years and years of grimy varnish. Uh, when you look at that one, that was just spectacular. 
And then ah, I can't remember what my other one was. I, I was thinking about it today too. Uh, but those are definitely four that would be on my top five favorite paintings uh, of all time. Um, yeah. Ashley, I mean, do if, you you're, have some? if you're going to say just as paintings, I'd be like, you know, who's a really good painter. Uh, Sam Keith, the guy from the max. God, I cannot stand his art. You can't stand I, his art. I really oh. cannot. I just do not like that style. There's a new Batman versus the max uh, collection that is out this week mm-hmm. and it popped up in my feed and I was just like, uh, I just, I know people, this is one of those things where, uh, movies we dislike, but everyone else loves. I know people love Sam Keith's art. I just cannot stand it. What about your Dan Brereton? Uh, I don't know who that is. Dan does all the scary stuff. He did. Um, oh, the, uh, the, the Richard scary stuff. Okay. I, no, I don't like Richard his art either. Scary. Yes. Everybody loves Goldbug. <laughs> Thank you. No, he did the Nocturnals uh, for like Image or Dark Horse back in the 90s. Mm. He mostly, for what I've seen from him, is like alternate cover stuff. But he has this really cool style that kind of feels like, what if, um, who's that guy? Joe Jusco was totally a zombie and painted like a zombie. Seriously, if you go and you Google Dan Brereton, you'll know his art immediately. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Ashley, do you have any favorite paintings? Oh, I remember what my other one was. Oh, I remember my other one. Uh, <laughs> Saturn uh, Devouring His Son by Goya. Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah, that one is dark, man. Lord. Yeah, I just, I just find that. that I just find that that imagery just fascinating on so many different levels. Sorry, sorry, Ashley. Bosch and wonder if your brain is going to implode. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Ashley. Did you have any, any that you wanted to share? Um, I, I mentioned Rothko's my favorite painter. Um, and I am particularly fond of his later work. So the red series, which was originally commissioned, um, for a restaurant in New York and then, uh, is now in the Tate modern in London. The last time I was in London, I'd never been to the Tate. I didn't know they were there. Uh, and then I burst into tears when I saw them because they're all in one room, low mm-hmm. lit. And um, they are in there uh, in an exhibit with Monet because he was very inspired by Monet. And that for me personally was really cool because he's my favorite. Uh, Rothko's my favorite artist and Monet is one of Jason's favorite artists. So I was so, like, cool. It's like the same except completely different. Yeah, but Rothko <laughs> does these giant, giant, huge canvases. And then he it's all the squares. Yeah. And then yeah. he does the the red square with maybe like a lighter red square or something like that or a black or something on it. I would yeah. never that's have what I'm taken you of. for a fan of abstracts. Uh, I, I have a wishy-washy feeling about abstracts, uh, but, uh, Rothko's, I don't know, really, really speak to me. Like if you said, if you said Monet was your favorite, I'd be like, yes, that fits my conceptualization of Ashley as a person. <laughs> Impressionism <laughs> feels like Ashley. Yeah. My you know, grandmother, if you're like, yeah, my grandmother was really uh, later. I mean, early on, she was very inspired by like Bob Ross, I think. Cause she does, she did a lot of landscape paintings that she sold for years, like probably from when I was born up until probably 14 or 15. And then all of a sudden she got switched over to watercolors and just doing these Monet inspired, uh, paintings, um, that she kind of took a different twist on like water lilies and stuff where she would paint these water lilies in watercolors and then she would do something different where she'd get like a, a pair of sneakers and then walk through the paint and then walk over the watercolor. So it'd be like watercolors and acrylic 
on the same piece. And they were really, really fascinating. I, I felt bad that when she passed away, um, everybody got to take a, a painting of ones that she still of her favorites that were still in the house. And I regret not getting her, her watercolor stuff. Um, but instead got a couple of her landscapes that I had always liked and remembered as, you know, from when I was a baby child wandering around, uh, their house. Um, I was fully expecting for grandma to be a Thomas Kincaid fan. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I didn't know that she was a huge Bob Ross fan, but you know, when uh, my mom, when I had mentioned that I had gotten the Bob Ross set for, um, for Father's Day, she was like, oh, yeah, your grandmother just loved watching Bob Ross, and it really inspired her to do a lot of her landscapings and uh, landscapes. And then when I was looking at, because I've got two landscapes in the house uh, upstairs, when I was looking at one of them the other day, I was like, oh, yeah, I could totally see where she tries to use some of Bob Ross inspiration for this piece or that piece. What's so it really was, weird, speaking of grandmothers, is I did not know this when I was growing up. Not everybody had, like, art in their house. Mm-hmm. Like my grandmother hung painting, flat out paintings, and she would like have these things up. And now that I'm, you know, a grown up old person, I realize that apparently my grandmother loved Manet, not Monet, but Manet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just loved. And I'm like, why do I know all of these paintings? Because I'm seeing them, I'm seeing them, I'm seeing them. And I'm like, oh yeah, grandma had that one over the sofa, or that one was hanging, you know, in the in the dining room. And I'm like, you know, just growing up and looking at this now, I wonder what else I didn't know about her. But, you know, you think about she had these paintings all over the house and now you're saying, who's your favorite? I'm like, I feel like I might have to say Manet because it's kind of in my DNA. Yeah. The one mm-hmm. where the uh, people are at the park and the naked lady and the one that's in the pond and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Actually, that was that was part of this weekend's retro review. The comic cover mm-hmm. was a parody of that featuring the fabulous furry freak brothers. Yeah. Uh, and oddly enough, they put more clothes on the girl, but uh, what's the one that Cameron stares at in that is the one about in the park. What is it called? Sunday in the park, Sunday afternoon in the park. God dang it. Let me think of the full name. Sunday afternoon on the Island of Lagrand, I believe. I think you're complaining about Sunday in the park with George. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I always do. But yeah, that's the one that's a pointillist, uh, painting where it's just a series of dots. I can't pronounce that guy's name. Yeah. It's uh, French. Ashley, help me. Yate or, uh, George uh, Surratt. R-A-T. I think it's George Surratt, right? S-E-U-L-A-T? R-A-T. R-A-T. Oh, uh, Surratt. Surratt. Yeah. See, I'm from Kansas. My, my, I'm going to say it's going to be Surratt. I'm learning Georgie German Surratt. right now, and I keep getting the note that I speak with a French accent. So it's Ich bin ein well. Auslander and sprechen nicht gut Deutsch. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I Nick can mostly tell you about my pets and my family. <laughs> you can tell us what? Oh, all the people in your family. I can mostly tell you about my pets and my family. That's about as far as I've gotten. Tell us about your pets in German. Oh, um, meine Katze ist nett und klug. <laughs> yes, you were speaking German with a French accent. <laughs> uh, but you know, they're you know part of part of Germany borders on France, so I'm sure that there yeah, would be a little like bit English of spillover. Is my first language. Though. So, are you learning the difference between High Deutsch and Low Deutsch? I'm learning whatever Duolingo has to offer. Uh, okay, that was that was my next question: was what system are you using? Because I need to get I'm back using, into Duolingo. I'm using that, um, and then. When I'm ready for like a conversation partner, there's a website called I like the letter I talkie and you, you basically pay someone for their time oh, as nice. a native speaker to be your conversation partner. So, yeah, I took uh, three years of German in college 
So, uh, yeah, I know a little bit. The best thing anyone ever taught me how to ask in German is wo ist. Yeah. What's I wanted is? to say, please, can you tell me where? And they were like, no, 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 just wo ist. Yeah, That's all is? you need. What's up? Yep. <laughs> hey, Ashley. Mm. Meine Katze ist schwarze, weiße. Uh, uh, un, un black, and, black and white and a, and a Schwartz. Yeah. Arschlock. Yeah. And a Schmendrick. Well, I don't a know Schmendrick. the word for orange yet, so I'll get back That's, to you on that. You don't yeah, know the word I, for orange? The color, the color orange. I don't know it. I think it's orange. I think it is orange. I, I, I don't know how it's is. pronounced, but I think it's orange. Orange is a word that... Orange. It's amazing how many of the words are basically the same, and then you get like the word for menu, a Speisekatze. And you're like, right. it's not the same at all. <laughs> well, I, lo I love the fact that you get to the really great ones where you're like, uh, ambulance is Krankenwagen. Yeah, orange oh, is orange. Excuse me, is Entschuldigung? And I don't know how I'm ever supposed to learn how to spell that. It's got so many letters in it. <laughs> I believe it's pronounced orange. I think you, rah, rah, rah. I don't, I don't have a good German accent. Yeah, I, I think but, I remember But you don't from... have to have a good accent to be understood. Yeah. Right, you just, you have to speak. Very, you know, you have to speak it forcefully. The yeah. funny thing, the funny thing about Duolingo is I've had this app on my phone for five or six years because somehow I think they were using it at the uh, grade school for the kids when they were starting to get them to learn to speak different languages. And I was like, okay, I'll, for I'll, kids. I got a cute owl. Yeah. And yes. And that's the problem with it. Right. Because in the early days when my kids were um, on mobile devices or on their iPads and stuff. They were, we had like a family, a shared account. So if they wanted a kid's app, they would log in and we'd go to their iPad, but it would also come onto my phone. So every time I see Duolingo with that little owl logo, I was like, oh, this is mm -hmm. one of the kid's apps. I'm going to ignore it. And then every year when I teach this class on entrepreneurship, uh, at least some kid in the class talks about Duolingo as a case study and uh, you know why it's a why it's a changes the way that people learn and all these things i'm like oh yeah i gotta remember duolingo that sounds like a great app and then i look i'm like oh i've already got this and then a week <laughs> later i forget and i look and i'm like why is this kid's app on my phone again so um yeah. but yeah i want to start using that a lot more see and growing up in western kansas i don't speak german but i know german my friend heisit steven you know, you, you learn these things just from talking to people. My mother's third husband's mother. <laughs> I love saying Well, that. the main reason Would is because of the random bits of German. Yeah. Because so many of the, um, uh, German, uh, and Slavic communities moved to Kansas, uh, back in the day, uh, here in, in Western Kansas, you have the Volga Germans and the Volga community, uh, back on Eastern Kansas, you have Croatian and, um, Yugoslavian, a lot up in the Kansas city area where, um, my grandfather, great grandfather was at. Um, so yeah, you get a lot of that, a lot of that carrying over in place. Rodrigo is ein toller Duden. Michael, oh, Michael also asked, do you, any of you collect art books for, spe uh, for specific artists or of specific artists? For example, the recent Mike Mignola quarantine book. I did not get the Mike Mignola, uh, quarantine sketchbook. I do like to collect, uh, sketchbooks, uh, at comic book conventions of artists that I like, if I know that they're there. So like the Moy brothers, I'll always try to get one of their, uh, Jeff Moy, when he has a new sketchbook out, I'll always try to get that. If it's there, there were a bunch of others that I'll catch. Some Adam Hughes stuff, uh, is usually inexpensive. If you get it in a sketchbook form, uh, I used to have a huge pile of sketchbooks, but I don't, I don't know where they're at. And I haven't really collected any in the last 
five years because I don't go to that many conventions. Ashley, do you collect sketchbook art? Um, I have a lot of Todd Knox from mm, mm-hmm. the ones that he used to put out around uh, San Diego Comic-Con mm-hmm. because um, I'm a little bit obsessed with him and he's a really nice guy. So I always flounce over to his table <laughs> and get one and make him sign it for me. Yeah. He draws one of my favorite Nightcrawlers of all time. Um, and I did of recent art books. Um, I, I snapped up um, the Liam Sharp art book that destroyed Kickstarter. <laughs> which I'm like so hyped about because I think he's fabulous. I, I don't have a coffee table. So those are the kinds of things that I would put on a coffee table for people to look I do, at. But my cat is on top of it. Ah, uh, damn cat. What about you, Matthew? Do you need to do any sketchbook stuff? Uh, ich mag Kunstbucher. Yeah. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm a collector, but I, uh, have one of, do you remember Rowena? I can't remember, like Rowena Morrill or something. She was in the 80s and she did a ton of like science fiction and high fantasy covers that were all just painted nonsense. They were so gorgeous. I have one of hers and then I have one of uh, Boris, Boris Vallejo. Mm-hmm. And then I have one of Julie Bell. Do you have one? Do you have an art book of um, what's his name uh, that did all the Conan stuff? Uh, what's his name? What did all the Conan stuff? Yeah, you know, yeah Rosa, uh, Frank Frazetta. Frank Frazetta, yeah. I don't because I'm weird in that I love Frazetta's old. And when I say old school, I'm talking like 1942 mm-hmm. comic art mm-hmm. Frazetta when he was doing like the, the Viking Prince and when he was doing the shining night for DC yeah, and a bunch of stuff that Frazetta did for other, you know, bits and pieces company. That's my favorite Frazetta when he starts getting really, you know, beautiful and detailed and amazing. I'm like, eh, I bless it. I'm the same way about Joe Kubert. I love Kubert's like 1942 Hawkman stuff. That's really cool and primitive. And you can see like ink lines everywhere. And the more polished he gets, the more I'm like, it's beautiful, but it's just not my jam. Apparently if you get any original Frazetta, like sketches, you know, stuff that is Mm -hmm. not painted, uh, Mm -hmm. oftentimes you will see in the description, uh, includes coffee stains. Because apparently he was <laughs> notorious for spilling coffee all over his artwork. Oh, yep. his artwork and my clothing would get along very well then. <laughs> and you know, it, it, some of my favorite stuff, you go back and you look at it and you're like, what is this? And you look at it and the uh, signature actually says Fritz on it. Mm-hmm. It's to the point where he wasn't Frank Frazetta yet to where the name Frank Frazetta carried that weight. So he's just like, hey, Fritz. I love those. There's a whole series of, uh, uh, let's just, you know, call a shovel, a shovel, naked women or half naked women running around. Um, when he does his jungle girl character with like the Panther and she has like the body that looks like she's wearing one of those 1930s brassiers that turns your chest into the rear end of a Cadillac, but she's clearly not. And it's just like, yeah, I love those, but, like I say, the more Frazetta becomes Frazetta, the more I'm like beautiful. Yeah. I think I'm that way with, um, Viejo, uh, especially when it comes to, I think, uh, because didn't he do the national lampoon movie poster? And I was just like, at that point I was kind of like, yeah, I kind of know who he is, but now I'm out. I don't remember. At least I think I they mean, did it in his style. Yeah. I don't know if he did it or the, the, the vacation poster. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, I imagine so cuz it looks like Vallejo, doesn't it? Mhm. Yeah. Rodrigo, do you do you, like you collect? Do you do you collect any uh art art stuff? 
Um, I collect Thomas Perkins art books. <laughs> yep, in the, he too. sent me one for free, so I have started my collection. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I do like his stuff, and he's got he's got what like four or maybe five volumes of of stuff out that you can go and check. Uh, yeah, I would really definitely great. I would definitely go and, and check out who's uh, his stuff. Uh, who Rodrigo? Please explain to me. I know you put this here in the show notes. I have no idea who Gold Lewis Dickinson is. Gold Lewis Dickinson. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, I think is he's I think he's trolling alter me. ego who's just DB Coopered his way across this great <laughs> land. Um, I wish. Uh, Gold Lewis Dickinson, not to be confused with what some people are calling him, Gold Dick Lewison. <laughs> Gold Lewis Dickinson is the latest uh, downloadable content character for Guilty Gear Strive, a game that I've been playing uh, since it came out a few months ago. Um, it is a Gold Lewis Dickinson is in the in the fiction of um, of Guilty Gear. The Secretary of Defense of the United States. <laughs> uh, he's an enormous man. He's you know probably more than six feet tall, and he's very portly. Um, and he fights with a coffin. Like his weapon of choice is a coffin tied to a chain, and inside the coffin is the corpse, quote unquote. You know, it might not be dead of a space alien, um, <laughs> and he wow. denies vehemently denies that that's an alien uh the the united states government does not recognize the existence of aliens but a lot of his powers involve the alien like peeking out of the uh coffin and doing something to his opponents and actually just now that he's out and i can play him his windscreen involves whoever lost to him being abducted by aliens. Now, now what game is this in? A Smash Brothers game? Or what is this in? No, this is Guilty Gear Strive. And, and this is like a, a fighting game? Uh, you know, yeah, this is a, this is a uh, kind of a two-player 2D fighter, right? Okay. So like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Um, Guilty Gear is not super popular in the U.S., except Strive actually has made a big splash. They've sold, I think, more than 500,000 copies which is not necessarily huge for a video game in the United States, but it's huge for Arxis, uh, since this is like their own IP, right? They're not, mm-hmm. they're the same guys that did uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Oh, okay. Um, but this is like their own IP, and it's been around forever. It's been around since probably the early 90s. Um, and it's it's really nice to see it really, really gaining steam, although it, it hasn't made it to, to Steam. Hasn't made it to Steam? <laughs> yeah, this sounds like a game that's all that screen. has Matthew's name all over it. It kind of looks like it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, "Boy, man!" Because you know, I still have a PS4. I would need an actual disc to play it. You know, I'm old. No, oh, you can download it to my PS4. Yeah, to your PS4. My I, PS4 I talks to the internet. That's crazy. You're yeah. Crazy. Oh yeah, it is. Uh, it is Boris that did the uh, vacation poster. Yeah, you you definitely looked like Boris when you said it. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, eh. uh, speaking Picture of, here's how here's how my mind works. Rodrigo said uh, Dragon Ball, and that instantly triggered me to say, "Oh, did you guys see that they're making a live action Pokemon TV series for Netflix?" No, I oh, don't yeah, know yeah. if they're going to make this in the same vein as Detective Pikachu, but it kind of sounded like it when they said live action because that's really the only way you could do it. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't read anything into it except I saw the headline. I was like, okay, I'm kind of down for that. I mean, if you, if you're doing it like as an adaptation, 
all I ask is that you don't avatar it, you know? If you're going to have Ash Ketchum, throw your Ash Ketchum in there. Do, Ashley, do you have a favorite Pokemon? Um... <laughs> I'm trying Actually, to think like if I know more Studebaker. than five. Ooh, that's Studebaker a... evolves into a Voldemort. That is a uh, question that my youngest posed to me the other day. How many Pokemon can you name, Dad? Because he can look. Name, I like, can tell you my favorite Digimon and all the evolutions thereof. But Pokemon, I don't know. Uh, I guess Charmander. I, that's would be my, one of my favorites as well. Charmander is definitely. Uh, if you were to say quick, Stephen. You can't name Pikachu. It would be Charmander would be number two. And then it would be Bulbasaur. And then it would be Squirtle. And then it would probably be Jigglypuff because I think Jigglypuff sure. is just freaking hysterical. You just but, love Batman. Jigglypuff. No, I just, I just think that well, I, I dated when I was in California, I dated this, uh, I dated a girl and we would just, we would watch. Pokemon sometimes and they would all, every time we would watch it, it would always be one of those episodes with Jigglypuff. And so she would start singing the Jigglypuff song all the time. And we would just bust up laughing nonstop just because of the way that she would sing, sing Jigglypuff. I just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. So, do you have a favorite uh, Pokemon there, Matthew? Is it, uh, is it, uh, Mr. Mr. Bone or not Mr. Bone. What's his name? Mr. Mime. Yeah. Mr. Mime. It's not Mr. Mime. He doesn't get to sleep with my mom and it's not Q-Bone because Q-Bone is terrible. It's Hitmo actually. Oh, Hitmo uh, Chan or Hitman yeah. or Hitmo? Uh... Hypno. Oh, uh, Hypno. Hypno. Okay. Hypno, not Hitmo. Okay. But I always pronounce it Hitmo. Uh, my wife and I have had a running gag for 30 years about Cobra's hypnotizing you and you have to say Hitmo. So when uh, Pokemon was all the rage the first time, like 97, I bought her a shiny Hipmo and framed it and gave it to her for our anniversary one year. Uh, so Hipmo is definitely my favorite. Rodrigo, now, if you, do you say, have a how favorite? many can I name? It's like 30. I can, I could probably think up 30. I think that when we were, when I was doing it in the car, I got up to 21. I bet I could squeeze out nine more Pokemon. There was Kombucha and Megatron. No, that's not one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lexapro, <laughs> uh, Pas de Deux, yeah, Auto de Fe, Bo uh, Dukes, yeah, Bo Dukes. Don't forget that. Uh, uh, so here's a, again another tangent. Um, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, what's his name? The um, uh, Rick Dalton, played by, and I forget his name. He does this western where he plays this guy named uh, Decatu, right? Uh, I am listening to the audio book of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, written by Quentin Tarantino. And it goes into a lot more detail than you'll ever get in the movie because it's Quentin Tarantino, and he goes off on these you know long, drawn-out tangents where it's like, okay, here's where the voice of this character is speaking. Here's, the, here's where Quentin Tarantino is just Quentin Tarantino going off on a jag about Western, you know, television shows from the fifties and sixties. Right. But the book is read by Jennifer Jason Lee. Whoa. Yeah. From fast times at Ridgemont high. Oh, fast times at Ridgemont high fame. Uh, and who, um, wasn't she also in, uh, the Hudsucker proxy? Yes. Yes. Because she's also, in, she's also in backdraft. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. I learned the other day when I watched Backdraft. She's also in The Hateful Eight, which is probably why Jennifer Jason Lee was asked to read this book. But the minute that you're like, oh, wait, she was in Hudsucker Proxy and you know how she did her voice in Hudsucker Proxy. She really leans into that, into that uh, delivery in this book. And it's the weirdest thing. Anyway, there's, there's bubble tea. Rodrigo, what is, who is your favorite? Who is your favorite? Chucklehead. Uh, my favorite Pokemon is uh, probably Totodile. L- look him up. He's cute. Everybody's just nodding. What's that He's one? That's half the crocodile uh, half dog. What's the one? Yeah. That's the giant uh, giraffe uh, palm tree guy. Oh, uh, that's Executor. Yeah, that's it. So there's regular Executor is just like a palm tree mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with egg heads. Right. But a lowland Executor is the one that grows super long so that when he when you call him to a fight, his head isn't even in the screen. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. OK, I remember that now. Yeah. Did you guys get a you chance know, to, to watch the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer, the new one that dropped? I, I saw, did, yeah. sort of. Yeah, what'd you think? One of my friends actually posted it, and he posted it with the audio of uh, Ray Parker Jr. So stripped out all the audio, but played the video over oh, okay. the theme song, and it syncs to the theme song. Hmm. So I'm, in, I'm down. What'd you as think, Rodrigo? This is the one that gave us probably the most stuff that we've seen to date, especially when people are like, so are the real Ghostbusters coming back? And by the real Ghostbusters, we don't mean the real Ghostbusters real because Ghostbusters. most of those Larry Storch is dead. Um, <laughs> only two people got that. So one is of them. Forrest Tucker. Uh, yeah, well, only and two I'm people got that joke. That damn gorilla is dead. Wasn't that Janos Prochaska? <laughs> Probably. Only two people got the no, joke and we're both on the, the podcast. the real Ghostbusters. The real <laughs> Ghostbusters are the other Ghostbusters, but they're yes. different because Egon is blonde. Right, right, right. And uh, Bankman's Garfield. Right. But that's uh, the thing that Venkman Garfield is also dead. Yeah. But I think this was the biggest one because we got to see, um, uh, what's her name? And the, you know, the the secretary and then we, and Janine. Yeah. And then we also, from my staff, then we also got to see at the very, very end, uh, Dan Aykroyd's arm and him saying we're closed. Uh, and then I think there was, I think that was it. Yeah. Although I think somebody is coming in as a CGI, maybe not nice person. You know what would be a great curveball? What's that? If they're like, if they're calling this person and they are like, we need help, you have to come help us. And Dan Aykroyd shows up, but he's not playing a Ghostbuster. He's playing a blues brother. (laughs) (laughs) And he's bringing uh, Jim Belushi with him. Yep. And Jim Belushi comes back in CGI as a ghost. Yeah. And uh, they have adventures together. Is it what Jim Belushi and uh, uh, what's his name from uh, Roseanne? Weren't they go? Weren't they Blues Brothers, Matthew? No, not Jim. Uh, G- John Goodman was in. Oh, Blue John Brothers Goodman. 2000. No, but I yeah. thought um, I thought uh, John Belushi's uh, what is it? Brother or whoever was also a Blue brother. A, Jim. Yeah. Jim was Blues never brother. in one of the films. I think Jim oh. did a couple of performances with Dan. Oh, OK. All right. Trying to think, is anybody else from the real Ghostbusters dead? Because Lorenzo Music died. Coulier's still alive. And Frank Welker is still alive. Uh, hang on. Uh, let's see. The Brain is still alive, and Arsenio is still alive. Who else was in that? There were, like, big-time voice people in that thing. I think uh, 
Squidward was in that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Cass Susie is dead. Uh, uh, actually, we got a bunch of questions from Lagnus. His first question yeah. is favorite thing to do on those first summer, uh, first autumn evenings when you have a few hours to do whatever you feel like doing. I live in California. There's no autumn here. Okay. How about this favorite thing to do on the first <laughs> evening when the fires have stopped burning? <laughs> what do you like uh, to do? The, this, this is global warming. The fires are always burning. Is California on fire has said yes for months. I uh, read reading, reading, reading is the best thing ever. Yeah, so that what brings up what was the this... name of the city you grew up in in Canada? Uh, which of the seven? Pick one. Uh, Stratford. Okay, what state is that in? We don't have states. They have okay, provinces. What territory is that in? Uh, it's not in a territory. What province is it in? <laughs> Ontario. Okay, so you're Ontarian. Imagine you're in Ontario, and it's it's like it's like the evening. And you have an actual autumn for about a week and a half. And then it's winter. I think autumn lasts pretty long. There was some video I saw. I didn't watch it. That was like 50% of all Canadians live below this line. And it's like this very thin line of about like maybe, (laughs) maybe a hundred miles north of the border. Lives within a hundred kilometers of the American border. Yeah. That's the true fact. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's what I guessed is because once you go too far north into like Saskatchewan or something, it's like. Unlivable. You're you're in the Arctic Circle. Yeah, exactly. So, are you Ontarian? Would you say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that I the guess. place this you live the longest? That's a province. But is it the one which that you live the longest? Have you lived in? in I've only provinces? lived in Ontario. Okay, so you never lived in like New Brunswick. Uh, I mean, I was technically conceived and lived the first six months of my existence in, but I never lived there as a person outside the womb. Mm. Okay. You you never lived in executor. <laughs> Matthew, what's the favorite thing that you lives. Matthew, what's the first thing you like to do on an autumn evening when you have a few hours to do whatever you feel like doing? Uh first thing I do is take off my shoes. Um I'm going to be unpleasantly honest for those of you at home. The first thing that I would do would probably be my wife. Um <laughs> Yeah, probably because, something you can avoid. Yeah, I mean that just that autumn is my favorite season, even though I have terrible, you know, spores, molds, and fungus allergies. So, like, you know, the the outside world will kill me, but I'll come home and it'll be nice. And of course, you know, you'll smell smoke. Not in the state is on fire. In the rednecks are burning things because they don't want to pay for central heat, kind of way, you know. And I, I enjoy that. So, yeah, Rodrigo, what about you? Um. Assuming that uh, I can do whatever I want because no one else is in the house, uh, probably play video games. Mm. Um, nowadays, I just kind of have to fit my video game playing around, you know, errands and work and stuff. So I was it, I was hoping nice you were going fun. to say I would also do Matthew's wife. I would also do Matthew's <laughs> wife. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a good one, but that uh, been I, fun, I didn't yeah. I didn't know if I could get away with it. Uh, you can, yeah. All right. Only you. Steven could not. <laughs> uh, that's Just okay. I, I have zero interest. Um, I think for me, unfortunately, our back porch sits high. And even though we have a tall fence, you can kind of see over to the neighbor's porch. But I really like on a fall evening, uh, as the sun is going down, I love to put on a sweatshirt and go and sit on the back porch and just sit there and look at the trees or look at the sky as the, as the colors roll in and, and drink something. Uh, back when I drank alcohol, I would, I would probably have a beer or, um, 
uh, a uh, gin and tonic, uh, but today I'd probably drink a tea, uh, maybe with a little slice of orange in it. Uh, but that's what I would do on an autumn evening. And I do like the smell of people uh, burning their their fireplaces, burning wood in their fireplaces. Mm-hmm. Especially if they get like a nice mesquite wood that gives it that smoky. Yeah, most yeah. of ours is cherry and oak is what people burn here. So, uh, Favorite place to sit and read a book, Ashley? Um, I have an Adirondack chair out on Ooh. my balcony and it is surrounded by all of my surviving plant babies. So I'm liking that spot right now. Adirondack chairs are the best chairs. I love to sit and read my, of course, I don't like to sit and read books because as I talk about uh, getting up in the morning and going and doing walks and listening to audiobooks. But if I'm going to sit back and read like a comic book for major spoilers podcast or something, uh, was it last year? Yeah, it must've been last year. Uh, my wife bought a hammock. And so I love hanging out in the hammock in the afternoon before it gets super hot and just sit there and read comics for, for the week or on major spoilers or wherever. Matthew, what about you? Uh, for me, it's definitely my bed because I can, you know, you can lay down flat, not have issues with your knees or your hips, you know, like prop yourself up. Uh, preferably if I'm going to be reading in bed, I'm probably going to be reading, um, my tablet or a phone. If I'm going to read a book, I'm going to actually be flat on my back reading up. Yeah, but it's always laying down. Is that uncomfortable? Like my how do you, how do you hold your book? You hold it in your hands, like above your head, not above, above. Um, well, and here's, cause you thing. said you were laying flat you on may... your back. So that's why I was thinking you're holding the book straight up above your head. Now think of it. Think for a moment about my anatomy. The fact that when I'm lying flat on my back, I actually have literally a stomach that serves as like a, uh, a resting yeah. place mm-hmm. that you guys may not have, you know, and that's part of the reason I do it is so that I have a place to set a comic book. Uh, yeah. But yeah, because I know my arms would get tired if I had to hold them above my head. Oh, yeah, my arms yeah. get tired all the time. But fortunately, I only have partial um, feeling in my left arm, so it can fall asleep and I won't know. Mm. Rodrigo, so what about you? Um, me personally, I've definitely dropped a lot of things on my face trying to read while lying down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like phones just keep getting bigger. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's dangerous. Like, is it, here's Rodrigo trying to read something on his phone in like 2011. Ow! Here's Rodrigo dropping something uh, on his face, uh, dropping his phone on his face trying to read something in 2021. Crack! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> End up in the, in the emergency, emergency room. room. Yeah. But if I, uh, I don't know, I, I don't have like a like a cozy spot to read i think it depends on how hot it is or how cold it is if it's mm. very hot then probably the living room which tends to be a little bit cooler here if it's really cold then i might actually go up and go up to my room and read in bed because you can close the door and that way it warms up um so, yeah, either bed or, or the couch. used to love to read in my truck. Mm-hmm. I had like a 70s Chevy with a bench seat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you sit in, it's comfortable, you know, because it's pretty much steel springs. But you could also like set your book on the steering wheel. Yeah. Generally not while you're driving. I'm not saying that I have or I, haven't done I, that. I, I may have also uh, done those exact same things. Or maybe not. You n- never can tell and you can't prove it. 
Yeah. That's right. I used to I used to read in cars a lot because I was driving around all over Kansas and you get there early or you know mm-hmm. get a break or something have something in my camera bag to read. My dad loves to read in the car. He uh like if he if we go to a soccer game or something he, he'll show up and then it's like, "Well dad, we're going to go get lunch. Do you want to come with us?" He's like, "Nah, I'm just going to go sit in the car and read for the next 2 hours." And it's just like, "Are you sure? It's kind of hot out." "No, nah, I don't mind." And he'll just go and sit in the car and read mm-hmm. while everyone's doing stuff, so uh, Rodrigo, would you rather visit the moon or Mars? This is, uh, in this hypothetical example, someone has already been to Mars, so you're not the first. Oh, I see. Um, I guess probably it would be interesting to go to Mars, um, just because, uh, it's like red and stuff and there are potentially, uh, interesting, uh, bacteria corpses that will prove that life at some point existed there or maybe is existing there. Apparently or there maybe was something, continue, maybe there'll be actual bacteria. Yeah. Something about there were some back to earth and start, yeah, start a plague apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, there was some, I think I saw a story the other day about there are, they've detected earthquakes on Mars, which indicates to them that the core is still active. So that is interesting. I would also visit Mars only because the moon has zero atmosphere. At least mm-hmm. Mars has, some atmosphere. I'm still going to die if I take my helmet off on either one, but I think knowing, and especially if I'm not the first person on Mars, there's probably been some terraforming on Mars to at least bring that up to a, you know, uh, Pike's peak level atmosphere for me to breathe on. And so I would probably, uh, go to Mars for that. Uh, Matthew, what about you? See, this is a complex sort of uh, complicated thing for me because you're not I the weigh, first. I and weigh about 200 this kilograms. Is hypothetical. Right. So the gravity on Mars is about 40% of Earth, about 3.7. And then the gravity on the moon is about 15% of Earth. So if I weigh 200 kilograms on the moon, I'd weigh about 33 pounds, whereas on Mars, I'd weigh somewhere in the 70s. So I think I would rather go to the moon and like hop around and feel like mm-hmm. Simone Biles or Michaela Maroney and see if I could do Now, Now, in, of course... In this theoretical thing, I still have my build, but I'm apparently Kryptonian because I can just hop around that's, on the moon. I mean, if you read the John Carter uh, books, that's what the one thing that he was like, oh, suddenly I tried to run away from these green men and I realized that I could jump tremendous distances. And so he had like superhuman strength and he's able to beat the Martians and, and do all the yeah. crazy things that he could I, do because of the differential between Earth gravity and, and Mars gravity. Yeah, I would say that I would definitely go to the moon because the gravity differential is even greater. And I mean, there's no yeah, Martians there's on the no moon. Atmosphere. Though. You can't there's, beat there's up Martians really and, and woo the princess. But, you know, I moon. might be able to get some rocks and be like Johnny Lee Wombat and, you know, spell out F Elon Musk or something on like the, the sea of tranquility. What did uh, you know? Atomic Robo do? He's like, uh, screw you, Bill <laughs> Gates or whoever. Oh, no, he was against uh, Carl Sagan, I think. Maybe it was Gates. I forget which one it was. No, it's Stephen Hawking. Oh, that's right. Stephen Hawking. That's right. That's right. That's right. Ashley, Mars or the moon? Hypothetically. Well, I have very few pop culture touchstones for specific planets. So if I'm going to the moon or Mars, this is probably the expanse universe. But Amos is the cutest one and he's on the Rosinante. So like there's not very much for me on Mars. I don't want to go to space very much, um, whether or not it's safe. Like you go to space, you die. Um, You colonize something, uh, you die. 
So I guess Mars also because I'm an Aries. So I think I'm contractually obligated to want to go to my <laughs> ruling planet. There you go. What's the best way that you tune out the world and relax? Ashley. Uh, I wear big can Sony headphones so that everybody understands I don't want to speak to them. Does that work? No, because men exist. That's what I was wondering. We are men. <laughs> what do they, do they tap you on the shoulder or do they try to pull the headphones away? Oh, they grab you by your arm. They pull your headphones off your head. They call you the C word. They'll just fully scream at you. Wow. They'll shove their hand in front of your face. They'll rip your phone out of your hand. Any, any amount of garbage behavior. Yeah. They call you a caterpillar. That's I wish. Rude. I, when I do my walks in the morning, I've got my AirPods jammed in my ears. So if I do see people, this is one of the. I, I, uh, I go out at five 30. If there's something going on in the morning, I sometimes for several weeks when, uh, the oldest was doing driver's ed, I had to go out four 30 in the morning and four 30 in the morning was best. Cause you never ran into anybody at five 30. You run into like 30, 30 people. I know that's a lot there, Ashley, for you there in Los Angeles. Um, but whenever I pass people, I'll just say hello. And whether they can hear me or not, or whether they respond to me or not, I just keep walking. I'm not going to bother you. You don't bother me. We can all get along in the world. So I'm sorry that you have to deal with those kinds of people. It's fine. It's not your fault. Yeah. Well, uh, on behalf of not all men, I apologize. <laughs> uh, let's see. Best way to tune out the world and relax, Matthew. Um, honestly, lately, uh, I, I did this this afternoon. So like, um, a lot of one of the one of the secret things that people don't realize is that when they're like, hey, can you do 10 guys who accidentally broke wind at their mother's bar mitzvah uh, and do that as a joke on Twitter? I literally try to do every single suggestion and I have like probably 25,000 images on my phone now, literally just collecting these silly pictures. And today I was like, I don't have a really good picture of the Falcon as drawn by Mark Bright in 1983, but I also don't have Photoshop, but I do have access to this online goofy software that doesn't quite do what Photoshop does. But if I'm willing to spend five and a half hours on a 10 minute project, I can edit this picture of the Falcon so that it'll be perfect at some point when I need it. So that's literally what I do to tune out the world from like noon to 3.30 today. I just edited a picture of the Falcon as drawn by Mark Bright until it was to my satisfaction. And sometime in the next nine months to a year, you're going to see a 10 things list. And it's going to be this beautiful Mark Bright drawn picture of the Falcon. And I'm going to feel great, you know, satisfaction and, and self-righteousness about, I made that picture, you guys, and everybody else is going to go, Oh, ha ha. And then they're going to click it and move on with their lives. And, I feel like that's really kind of the best way to deal with it. What about you, Rodrigo? Um, probably the best way to, for me to do it is the way that I've always done it, which is that I'll be sitting anywhere doing anything and I will think something like, wouldn't it be cool if the ninja turtles met the legion of superheroes <laughs> at which point an entire you know at least half an hour long drama will unfold in which they fight first and then they're friends and stuff and this all happens in my head and then i'll snap out of it a little while later and it'll be you know 10 minutes later and i've 
completely missed whatever just happened. Yeah, the house is on um, fire and people are screaming. Yeah, and you're like, I mean, this is fine. I have, you know, I've I've done that through uh, moms yelling at me, girlfriends yelling at me, um, like class constantly, work when something's being explained to me. It, you know, it's it's something that happens, and I I basically tr- have trained myself to not make noises um, while that happens because as a kid, I used to make all the like whooshing and exploding noises and also maybe <laughs> run or like also maybe run around in circles around the room. Pew, pew, pew. So I've, I've managed to keep that to like, sometimes my hands just twitch in a weird way. Um, and if there is no one around, I will sometimes accidentally do a whooshing sound, which uh, sometimes, like, my wife will just, like, peek, peek around the room, like, around the door to see if, like, I'm doing what I think she's doing, which is, right, she knows I do this. And she thinks it's funny, so she likes to catch me doing it. Um, and I've also had, you know, I work uh, with um, uh, adults with disabilities. And I've had clients that are so quiet that... I will slip into this like weird little fugue for a minute. And then when I pop out, I'm like, Oh, was I making wishing noises? <laughs> As like, and my client's just been sitting there the whole time. <laughs> and then, you know, depending on the client, we'll either have a conversation about it or not. Yeah. Um, I do that sometimes but, too, yeah. but usually uh, when I was, when the boys were younger, I could get away with it because I was, you know, making them laugh today. They're just like, sure. dad, you're such an embarrassment. So, uh, the best way for me to tune out of the world and relax, I I don't recommend it, even though it's super relaxing. Uh, I like to just sit in the shower and we've got a rainhead shower and it's the weirdest thing. and probably has something to do with uh, acupressure. Uh, but I like to let the water just fall on my left foot. And that is just so relaxing. Doesn't have to fall on the rest of my body, but if it's hitting my left foot, man, I just go into an instant relax mode and I can sit there for 20, 30 minutes just daydreaming about whatever. Maybe I'm making whooshing sounds like uh, uh, Rodrigo does, uh, but it's an incredible waste of water for me to do that. But it is, but it is super relaxing. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lagnus uh, closes out his questions by saying, thank you to all involved again for all of the entertainment. I know tomorrow I'm loading up the pre-show with breakfast and then the main show while doing some gardening work before the sky Lord come becomes too hot and chases me inside again. Vacation or work it has very much become a weekly routine. One thing that I want to thank you very much, Lagnus for that. One thing I do want to say, and I don't know why this is happening. I'd like to get some feedback from our listeners. Um, I intentionally, if you are a Patreon member at patreon.com slash major spoilers, if you are a, I think it's a silver level or higher, it's like $5 a month, $5 a month for a bunch of bonus content. But I intentionally put the pre-show up on the, uh, on the Patreon uh, page at least 10 minutes before I put it on, before I put the uh, main show, the show you're listening to right now on the major spoilers RSS feed. So if you've got your RSS feeds set up right, you should, and again, if you are a patron member, you have an exclusive RSS feed for you based on on your subscription level. So you get these things automatically delivered to your iPhone or your, you know, whatever device you're listening to your stuff on. So when you listen to the shows, it should always be pre-show followed by main show providing that there's not a, not another podcast that released 
their show in within the 10 minutes or five minutes that I release the pre and the, and the main show. Mm. And you should be able to listen from pre-show right into main show. But I noticed a couple of people, I think Jimmy had said this a couple of weeks ago and maybe Texura had said that for some reason, oftentimes the, they have to reorganize things in their playlist because the main show is listed before the pre-show. And that's really weird because RSSs are timestamped. And if the pre-show goes out before the main show, it should be in the right order. So if, if that's happening to you, let me know so I can look into it a little bit more. If I need to put a greater time span in between, I can do that. But the problem again is if someone else releases their show in that, you know, 30 minute window or something that I create, then it's going to be like pre-show great, uh, you know, great night. And then the major spoilers podcast. Um, so let me know about that. I don't know if you guys ever have an issue with that. Um, probably not, but, um, but yeah, let me know any other things you guys want to mention before we get out of here this week. Did you guys ever watch murder? She wrote and realize how much sex Jessica Fletcher could have had. I really don't think about sex as much as, as you do. So that, you know, might say more about, <laughs> Oh man, there is a, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about sex, but there is, there's this commercial that they're in now where this football player uh, shows up like it's a, it's like a celebrity thing. It's like he's for this plumbing company. Knocks on the door, and this mom comes out with two kids, and the guy's like, "Hey, I'm here for the thing," and I'm like, and he like unclogs her drain by just like sticking his hand on there, and like bam. And he's like, and she's like, "Oh, this whole toilet has to go out," and he like picks it up, and he's like, "All right, I already took care of it." Um, and I'm like, man, Marshawn Lynch is gonna just take that lady to town. <laughs> yes. Like I, uh, I, I, how about this? I've watched, I've watched enough stuff that starts out this way. And this is a particularly <laughs> weird one where the plumber is also a football player. I'm like, there's no way this isn't happening. Yeah. I, the I, husband's I, clearly I, I, not home. Too yes. much plot. I, I don't yeah. think about sex as much as Matthew does, but when I do, I guarantee you it's not thinking about Jessica Fletcher. I will tell you right now that nobody thinks about sex as much as Matthew does, and that's perfectly fine. It's just my jam, you know. It's nobody remembers comic books the way I do. No <sighs> All right, everybody, thank you so much. Here's no what we would like for you to do: head over to our Discord server again. There is a link in the show notes, and you can join the conversation about anything that we talked about this week on the show. And uh, if you're not, uh, please become a patron. We could really use your help. A couple of bucks a month is all we're asking. If you did a buck an episode. Uh, that's averages out to about the $5 a month mark. Uh, we would certainly appreciate that. And then you can connect your Patreon account to the discord server. And then you unlock a bunch of extra channels in there as well. We're going to be back next week for more rousing content. I think next week we're looking at, Oh, just uh, should coincide just in time with the, uh, the good old uh, suicide squad movie coming out. We got suicide volume one, uh, trial suicide squid, suicide squidward. Uh, down at Bikini Bottoms, trial by Bikini Bottoms and SpongeBob next week on the Major Spoilers Podcast. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. 
Why'd I make this for Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such a chance? Guess I already told ya what a major spoiler. What a major spoiler, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine bee In the Middle East With a king sign throwing soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.